Hi, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of Real Talk with Rob Tavi. I'm excited to uh, to bring on today CEO of XP Power, Duncan Penny. Hi, Duncan. How are you? Hi, Rob. I'm really well. Honored to be here. Great to see you. Great to have you on Real Talk. Um, I know we've been, uh, company's been longtime partners and uh, really, uh, and I see what XP Power has done in the last 20 years under your leadership. So today I really want to get, take a best way to take a historical step back and really understand uh, XP Power in, in general, give a, the back to origins and really what is uh, XP Power today's market doing as, as you know, powering the world's uh, critical systems today. What is the background and what uh, the business sector that you're in? So, yeah, so we're, we're in power electronics. That's all we do. So we're a specialist in that area. We started off as actually as a small distribution company, yes, founded by a guy called James Peters way back in 1988. And uh, he basically went into it by accident. I hope he don't, won't mind me saying that, but he, uh, the company he worked for, worked for was taken over. He didn't like it. So he set up on his own, very small company. And then he grew that. And then in about the year 2000, they did an IPO and I joined at that stage to actually as a finance director to do the IPO. So I got into power completely by accident. It was going to be a two year gig for me. Uh, and um, so I joined and then we floated on the stock market at the time. If you can remember back then, 2000, you had to be a dot com to mm -hmm. float. And then the dot com fell out of bed and anything but dot com could float. So we managed to get the float away. And we sort of spent the, that time sort of building up a sales channel across Europe and North America. And our sort of idea was, is we would be a power supply supermarket, if you like. So all the big guys used to sell through lots of small distribution companies or reps in North America. And, uh, and the idea then was actually, we'd actually build a sales channel and then we would be that one channel dealing with the smaller mid-tier customers. And the big companies would just come to us. And that, that worked so, so, so well for so long. But what happened, like the supermarket model, um, the relationship got uncomfortable with the principles. So I think they saw just in the supermarket model is that the supermarkets had the, the pricing power, really, because, you know, they had more volume. They were talking to the customers. So uh, that got a bit uncomfortable. So we decided to become a designer. And we bought a small company in where pretty, pretty close to where you are in Southern California, a company called Switching Systems International. And we became a designer. And then from there, it developed. We sort of. We, we thought that we knew what the market wanted in terms of products, so we were developing products specifically for the industrial medical markets that we saw. Uh, and we we really had a market then which we were growing, you know, our own business, if you like, was growing quite nicely and our old distribution business was going backwards, but the margins were improving. And, uh, and then we decided that we needed to become a manufacturer. So whereas a lot of the big companies were actually getting out of manufacturing to get rid of their fixed costs, we started talking to some of the interesting medical companies and they said, well, we like what you're doing, but we won't deal with you because you don't manufacture the product. And, you know, quality and reliability is so important to us. You know, if you don't have absolute control of the supply chain, we're not going to deal with you. So we did a joint venture uh, in with a manufacturing partner in Kunshan in China way back in 2006. And we bought that out. And then we thought, oh, things are going well. We started getting into the bigger medical customers. And then we thought we were going to have a banner year in 2009. And then, of course, the great financial recession happened. Yeah. And we had, you know, a medical business that grew quite nicely, but the industrial business went backwards. 
uh, came through that, built another factory in Vietnam, which we might talk about, which has done us really well in terms of dealing with Section 301 tariffs in the US and the current coronavirus crisis as well. Um, then we sort of went back onto the acquisition trail, got into RF power, high voltage, and that sort of brings you up to date, really. That's a, that's yeah. a really quick fly through 20 years. So you got, I mean, it's amazing 20 years um, and you've done an amazing job. I know your leadership and the team's leadership and going through it and the transitioning through this last 20 years technology revolution that's happened. Everything has happened in the world um, and how we go. Because I know you guys are in healthcare, I think industrial electronics, semiconductor equipment and the basic IoT technology, right? Those are the main sectors, correct? Main sectors of it. So overall, um, what, you know, in your play of XP Power, where do you fit? I mean, there's a lot of players in it, but really uh, where do you fit in with the, I know you have a lot of customized the customization products. What is your core competencies of XP Powers? Yeah, that, that's a good question, actually, because it is a very fragmented market. There's probably a thousand people who do what we do. Some of them a lot bigger, some a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for us, our model is very much direct sales. So a lot of companies will sell through distribution channels um, or they'll do custom. So our, our model is to have a very broad uh, product portfolio which is easy to modify. So, you know, if we find an opportunity, it's, it, the likelihood is, is we can get it working in the customer's application, but we're selling direct to the customer. So, you know, so whereas the really big guys would be dealing, uh, you know, through distribution channels with us, that the customer can talk directly to our engineers. Maybe, maybe not too dissimilar to the way you approach your customers, yes. I'm guessing, you know, from yes. have, you know, really good dealings with your company. Yes. Um, but so that's so it's basically broad product portfolio dealing direct with the customer and it's really service and support because to be honest you know i'd love to say you know we've got technology that's better than anybody else and now our quality is better than anybody else now cost is cheaper but the reality is is you know in our market you know there there isn't any leading technology we can all much all very much do the same you know i do, you know we deal with sort of high reliability solutions so cost isn't normally the most important thing for the customer, but I don't want to pretend it's not important. So you have to be cost competitive, so we don't lead on cost. And quality and reliability, they, they expect that. You know, if you're going into a medical ventilator or a life support system, quality is obviously important. So when you take that away, you're just left with service and support. And I think that's true of a lot of companies. Yes. Our size, you know, service and support is where it's at. You know, the customer a, experience, as you say, yeah, the customer absolutely. experience these days. And you're 100% correct. I agree with you because a yeah. lot of people, there's so many companies that make power solutions. And power supply is one of the oldest technologies. It yeah. hasn't really yeah. morphed into a semi. I mean, there are. it's gone smaller form factors, but at the end of the yeah. day, can't really make it any smaller because when you have high power or longevity of reliability, um, also it being important to the healthcare systems, they have the longevity 10, 15, 20 years. This product needs to have longevity. And sometimes you say the price isn't the number one thing, it's the product quality that little technology is built into it, the longevity of it. Yeah. So I really know um, of ourselves, our company is very into the power segment, many power supply companies. So I, I see it as well as like, we can't make it any smaller, guys. We can't make yeah. it any cheaper if you want to lose. I mean, the quality comes down um, where yeah. the longevity comes down with the quality. You know, price and quality on that point are, are really related. Um, so, but that's really good. I mean, how overall that technology, um, how do you think the technology of, of, of the IoT, of the AI, of all that integrated into our power solutions? How is that going for you guys? Are you guys integrating more of a technology of a data and analysis of the, of the product? Yeah, so that's a, another good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of you know what's happening in power, I mean, it, the digitization is the interesting stuff, I think. Yeah. And 
like a lot of things in power, you know, when, when the components come down to the right price point, you can actually start to use them in power electronics. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I think that's true of, you know, if we're going into sort of digital power, you know, we, we do digital power, but it's, it's really at the kilowatt upwards, really. So the low cost product, you know, it's not the price point means you can't really digitize them. But th th what's happening with digitization is quite exciting. I think there's two aspects of it. I think there's the whole control and co the communication side of it. You know, so if you have digital communication, so more and more customers want the power supply to talk to their tool, you know, turn this voltage on, turn it up, change this, is my temperature okay? And I think you touched on also, you know, a lot, a lot of issues you have when, you know, if there are, is a failure and I don't want to pretend there isn't ever any failures in power, you know, you get the product back and you ask the customer, you know, what was happening to the power supply when it failed? What, what was the failure mode? And they often can't tell you. So to be able to record in the power supply what was happening to it when it failed is, is possible now, which is quite exciting as well. But I think the really in interesting stuff is the digital control loop, actually digitally controlling the power supply internally. And that allows us to do things that we couldn't do before. So really wide voltage adjustments on the fly. So for processes in semiconductor manufacturing and areas like that. So you've got all these new exciting things you can do with power now. And you talk about, you know, they talk about in buildings where, you know, basically when the last person goes out of the building at night, the, you know, the central building management system can tell all the power supplies to shut down and save power and things like that. So all this stuff is here and now, but it's gradually coming down in power levels. Um, so that that's quite good. I guess the other thing that is interesting as well, gallium began, you know, the, MOSFETs, which can switch MOSFET. very, very fast. Um, and again, the price points are too high at the moment to use them in our types of products, but it's getting there very, very quickly. And I think when that comes, um, we'll see some quite interesting changes. And the power supplies will really, really shrink and become more efficient, which is quite exciting. Uh, yeah, of course, because there's new technology, the price point's always high, but the scalability, once the volume goes up, the price point goes down. Uh, but you're right. I mean, all the new technologies, the silicon-based, the wafer technology, and everything that goes into keeping the efficiency of buildings. Just so you say, you know, having a modular base or controlling the power and bringing, because everything's green, the green, as you say, the green energy, yeah. brings save down, cost down, and being the efficiency, because you can do data. It could do a, the, as I said, as a brain, sometimes the, the power has a brain and you could talk to it. Okay, hey, we're not using enough power, pretty much power out. Um, so that's that's what's really exciting. Of people don't realize how fascinating and power powers the world. Everything uses power. So yeah. some people forget our oh, powers about everything: a charger, cell phone charger, to as I say, a ventilator, to MRI machines, to anything that there's power charging and now EV car charging. So everything has a power, and it's um, and it's as I said, that's sometimes I think it, it comes to the point of people don't realize how important power market is. And they're yeah. kind of going into the tech or the IoT and communication, but the power is a big segment. You know, thirty percent of that is like the power side. So that's really it's fascinating, and I love um, hearing your, the excitement that you guys have for the, the ever changing mm -hmm. of the of the uh, technology. So moving forward, I mean, in the last year, a lot of stuff has happened. I mean, last from two thousand eighteen to nineteen, we had tariffs, right? Yeah. And now we're in a, we're uncertain thing, and we have the we have the pandemic. So. Through the last, I mean, how, how is XP Power, uh, as I said, pivoting or embracing the change first for, for the yeah. tariffs? How, how did that come about? Yeah, we, I have to say we were very fortunate. Our first manufacturing facility was in China, and we always thought the next one, you know, spreading geopolitical risk would be outside China. So we built a factory. We bought the land just at the wrong time in 2008, just before the, you know, the big other financial recession. But, you know, that, that passed. So we've got a factory in Vietnam. And when the tariffs hit, that... 10, 
that ended up being really fortuitous because we could move production from China to Vietnam so we could supply our US customers with products sourced from Vietnam, which obviously legitimately didn't attract the tariffs. So that was a huge advantage. And I also, we had a number of you know, quite important US customers saying to us, look, they saw the way that trade uh, relations were going and the, the, the issue with the tariffs, they said, look, we're not going to design in Chinese source products. So, so that, that was actually really quite helpful for us in, in navigating through the tariffs, which was painful, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, what's happened with the COVID-19 thing is Vietnam has turned up to be really helpful once again, because obviously the thing hit in China and like everybody else, our factory was closed down. It didn't reopen after Chinese New Year because of the, the pandemic. And we were lucky that we opened earlier than most. We opened right at the end of February. But, you know, the supply chain took a while to come up in China. But during that time, of course, we had the Vietnam facility and we'd already transferred a lot of products out of China to Vietnam because of the tariffs. So we ended up again being in a very, very fortunate position in terms of keeping product flowing to our, our customers, actually. So Vietnam has been very, very helpful. But I guess the other thing that's happened with the pandemic is... Um, I'd be interested to get your, your perspective on this as well, Rob, because I know you're exposed to a lot of other sectors. But I think it's quite widely um, considered that actually a lot of things that have been happening have been hugely accelerated by the pandemic. So the obvious one, working from home, telemedicine, digitization, just everything is accelerating and, it, and it's causing, it's really good for electronics. It's causing more and more demand for silicon. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's accelerating so many things. Um, our healthcare business, obviously, because of the pandemic, uh, had a big ramp because there was, there was a huge demand for healthcare equipment, not only ventilators, but all the associated equipment that you need in an intensive care unit, the, the hospital bed, the patient monitors, the drug delivery systems. We've also seen, you know, doctors saying, you know, they ha they have to see their patients over video now, and they, they, you know, people refusing to do it. All of a sudden, it seems to push things forward ten years. So it's, you know, it's quite incredible. But I guess the last thing I'll say, I probably should let you speak, is that there's been a huge polar. We were talking about this only last week, so I know you're intimately acquainted yeah. with it. A huge polarization of winners and losers because of what's happened in the pandemic. Obviously, if you're in the hospitality industry or in the travel industry, it's been really, really hard hit. But semiconductor manufacturing, IT, yeah. many aspects of healthcare are, are you know, in are, are booming at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. everything you said. I agree with all of that. And it's the technology has changed what is demanded. We've been uh, the foot's on an accelerator for digitalization. The work from home is big. Um, I mean, for us, we've four months of our staff. Right now it's voluntary, but four months of our staff was at home. They need a device. They need a camera. They need all this. I mean, this products, I mean, if you... A lot of people don't know if you want to go buy a camera or an HD camera for a video, they're expensive. There's a demand, there's a shortage. You know, the price is doubled. You have to go on a reseller to buy. You can't buy from the factory anymore, buy from the regular retailer because there's a demand. So products in the IoT standpoint of microphones, technology, laptops, and then switching to a platform, it's a data focused, cloud-based. Um, yeah. And that's a big thing too, is that the Microsofts and the Googles and the Zoom, as we all know, Zoom is the big driver that did the change of communication, the WebExes. And, you know, these are all that the platforms have changed and all those companies are backed. They need technology. They need servers. They need yeah. data centers, right? So those are the, it, that's what's exciting because it does take it to another level and accelerates um, as well, because as a salesperson, you know, our sales teams, or I mean, you have sales teams too, it's just different yeah. types. We're, we're all in sales. And at, yeah. I always say everybody yeah. is a salesperson. It's not what position you're in, yeah. right? How do you connect with your end user? 
the person you communicate with. And these are the challenges, especially when you go to technology. Like, as I said yourself, you guys have a, a solution, a power solution. Usually you have a meeting, fit it in, they have spec, but sometimes touching, feeling, looking at it, and this go, it, it changes. So how has your team's pivoted the sales side of, oh, of it? Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that is really interesting. Because to be quite frank, I think some of our sales guys have coped better with it than others. Because obviously a lot of it with direct sales, I'd be interested to get your experience as well, see what I can learn from you. Because some of the sales guys are, um, are really struggling with the fact that they can't go and meet customers. And they always felt that they would find projects by being yeah. there and looking around. And I, but, and I think there's a recognition now that that's not going to be the case for quite some time. And it may never be the same again. So, um, and the interesting thing, we, we've been doing some more sales training with our guys in terms of, you know, how do you prospect when you can't, you know, visit and, and you can't do the normal thing. And the interesting thing is that I've been in, inundated with a lot of email marketing. You know, you, I'm sure you are as well, but even more so since the lockdown. But I've really been surprised that I haven't had many people calling in. And I attended some of the sales training that we were doing. And, you know, and we were really encouraging our guys, you know, you've got to you've got to get on the phone. You've got to call. You can't rely on the email marketing and stuff like that, you know, especially as you can't visit. So um, so they've, they've been doing quite a lot of work in how they get that initial interest, how they, uh, you know, how they make that prospective calls. And I guess also we've been trying to turn up our um, our inbound marketing. So we realize that. So, you know, if we can't go visit, we've got to attract people to us. So I think we're having a, a you know a, a look at how can we create much more interesting, useful collateral so that when people have a power problem that they come looking for us. So that that's how we've been approaching it. But I've been quite, I've been quite interested in any learnings that you might have that I can sort of plagiarize well, off really because you're you're, similar, you're yeah. yeah similar similar experience that we're having to is how do we change it from the foot soldiers on the down the engineers talking to the buyers commodity managers globally i mean we're in 12 different countries and as yourself a multi-different countries how do you change it and i think that everywhere every country has a different culture the way they do it. us especially if us is its own animal as i'd say and they are their traditional sales tactics people visit customers find visit a factory oh what are they working on you find you do prospecting inside the customer you know, that's basically what they did. But now when they can't go out, these salespeople can't go out. They're kind of like now they're locked in a box and like, oh, my God, what do I do? But that that has accelerated the branding, just like you said, it's creating branding, creating who are you, the content and and building a brand with the company, as I said, as I said, XP Power or our company, IBS, XP Power, building the brand online, building the presence, building the information. It's not about selling a product. It's like, who are they? And that's one thing in electronics, as you know, the top, top guys have the big branding, but the mid tiers, tier two, tier three, you don't see that that much. They just have a product and they have an end customer and the goal is very, they're not very, um, open to social media to link the LinkedIn is new. I mean, LinkedIn, I would say, as you probably know yourself, is the most powerful tool right now for anybody in any sales uh, sector, you know, because yeah. all the engineers globally, everybody, there is right now, I think six, uh, what is it? 600 million people on LinkedIn. And wow. just in our in electronics, there's about six to 8 million people just in electronics field that from engineers, buyers, executives, whatever they are in, in every, all of it. So that is the place that, you know, we invested on myself is investing on, but also come to training, just like you said, brought that mm -hmm. up. How do you train them? How do they train the prospect? Because it's true. We, we're all very habitual and we go into sending the email out. Okay, we're like we're trying to get email back, but some people got stopped picking up the phone. I'm like, 
pick up the phone, you know, call them. Just like you said, you're not getting a lot of calls, but pick yeah. up the phone. You sent the email, follow it up with a call. That's the traditional aspect. But we're so habitual that we just thought we'll just send an instant messenger or an email, wait for the reply back. Does it come back for two days? You send another one. I'm like, just pick up the phone. Or at these days, everybody's Zooming, as you call it, Zooming or video conferencing. Yeah. Have a chat because it is also psychologically for salespeople. Yeah. How, how do you connect? And at the end of the day, it's connecting with your end customer, your current customers and prospecting um, because people want to do business with people that they like, right? Yeah. People that they like. At the end of the day, you're not, you're just getting a seat at the table, right? You're getting a seat at the table to get the opportunity. You can't ask for the business. So for any sales aspect for us is, yeah, we just need to build a brand. Each salesperson has a brand tied to the company and also the technology. Even our, just like I say, our principles that we have, a lot of our principles aren't very marketing savvy. They have white papers, they have data sheets, they have products, but they don't have content. So then it comes down to the distribution side or the rep side to do something. And reps in general, in general, reps don't have anything. They're using the, the manufacturer yeah. for all the content, right? And that's a direct pass through. But some now the reps, like, oh, I see a lot of sales reps. Well, what do we do? We have just a basic old website. We don't have any content. I'm like, it's time to build your influence. And right now we've been accelerating myself two years to what we were just because it's a pandemic, because this is going to probably go on for another one to two years, I would think mm -hmm. before we're fully open to yeah. open doors again, you know, we would probably have some, maybe some small meetings, some small corporate meetings, but 10, 20 people, not like the, you know, it was free flow. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate different countries, as you know, yourself in, um, in China and in Vietnam, where your two factories are, it's kind of back to normal a bit. It's not, you know, everywhere is master safety, but people are traveling, people are having meetings. My team's having meetings. They're having meetings. But uh, Vietnam, fortunately, they didn't get hit that hard of this right. pandemic. Yeah. You know, as you said, it's a kind of, Vietnam was supposed to be that in 2008, the, the big Silicon Valley for, and it kind of went down for the, for the recession and now it's coming back up at a, a center. But Back to the marketing side, yes, it's just building branding, building a company. And I've seen XP Power as well has built the reinvented the website, building the connect. What do you guys stand for? What's the product module? So how can people find you, right? Because also, at the end of the day, too, you have distributors. I know you have your big the, the catalog houses, the DigiKey yeah. and the Mausers and all these catalog houses where an engineer could find it, put it into a solution. But at the end of the day, is that product also needs some engineering backing. There needs yeah. to be a salesperson to follow up on that to say, hey, do you need a customization a little bit? This is just a standoff product. Can we make it fit your things? That, because you want to, it's a customer experience, right? At the end of the yeah. day, customer experience. And that's what XP Power, by you said, is you've given the experience for the product. The product can sell itself or have it, but also the experience that the customer wants. So really, it's, it's um, to me, it's, um, I was just say back to that, it's really how have we embraced the change? Um, for the pandemic, how are we moving forward and how can we um, and really educate people out there? Because the demographic, as you know, that's a older demographic in the industry. General technology, Asia is young, U.S., mm -hmm. much older demographic. How you know, and that's one thing is how can we build the new uh, information, the branding of the funness and excitement for myself? That's why I'm really doing a lot of this is building the summit. We are fun people. We are exciting. We have a personality. We're not just engineers. We're not just the executives. This is exciting technology that's going to revolutionize, revolutionize the world ahead. Correct. And that we're just, and we are in it, you know, but sometimes we don't brand it that we're doing this, you know, the, the software and that stuff is the sexy side. So that's why I really want to hear from yourself, a leader yourself, how that really evolved, how you're embracing the change and how are you motivating your teams 
um, globally, your sales teams globally, um, to make sure they connect with the customers. Yeah, it is some of those things that you touched on, Rob, actually, yeah. it is the training. We're staying very close to them because a lot of them are working from home. So we're doing a lot of our own in-house videos like this. Yes. I think, I think that works. Um, I don't know, it's Big Brother. We, I mean, we monitor them. I mean, it's a, it's a statistics game. So we, we can see their activity throughout through the systems as well. The data. The data. Some of them have been under a lot of pressure as well because obviously we've had a lot of sort of medical orders. The customer wants it now. So they've been under an awful lot of pressure. So we've also had to sort of stay close to them and make sure that they're, they're coping all right as well, you know, because a lot of them aren't used to being at home a lot. So it's a, it's a mixture of all those things. But I think generally now, I think the organization is in, in good spirits. My, my main concern is the one I touched on before. It's the guys, most of the guys can adapt to the new world, but I, I'm worried that some people are struggling with it. And, you know, they, uh, they feel that they, you know, it's that they have to do a face-to-face -to, -face to be effective. And, um, and interesting enough, you, you, one, one of the things that I, I sort of thought of as you were talking then is one of the guys we on our all-hands meeting were saying, well, no, it's all very well, but... Um, you know, I, I can't have that. I can't just have that normal rapport that I go and just chat to my customer about something without having to be trying to sell to him. I said, and we said, well, yes, you can. And actually, we, we did it three weeks ago, I think, two or three weeks ago. We had a discussion. We didn't talk about, you know, selling and buying and stuff like that. We were just talking about the industry and stuff like that. It's just part of building that rapport and stuff like that. So, uh, so I still, I, my, my own belief is I still think you can do it through video. It's not as good, but I still think you can do it through video. My, my belief is I think people are getting used to it, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, as, as a norm. But. Yeah, we're connecting now. I mean, we're connecting through it. At the end of the day, I think every person, doesn't matter if you're in sales, you're in management, you're executive management, where you are, you have to build a brand. Everything is online these days. So this is accelerated. And you have to have an online DNA. You have yeah. to have a DNA online of who you are, who you're doing business with, who the company is, and the leaders have to be up front. I mean, as yourself, you are, I mean, you are a leader. You're a leader. You're out there. You're talking to shareholders. You're talking to your team. And that's what it is. But in a lot of the industry, you don't see that as much, except for the big, big guys. But yeah. the smaller guy, you don't see it as much of who are they? Who is the company? What's happening? How are they adjusting? You know, um, and how are they dealing with this in teams and culture wise? You know, and that's really giving them motivation. And I, as I said, I've I've pivoted. I've embraced the change. Um, and of course, I haven't traveled just like probably yourself. It's been six yeah. months since I've gone anywhere. I travel. I've been traveling for 20 plus years, travel yeah. to Asia constantly. I miss the power. I miss my people. I miss the culture. I miss the food. You know, yeah. all these things, these steps, the, the tangibles that you can't really get from a video. Mm. Um, but I, we're doing our best to manage it. And yeah, I think when we be able to be able to travel to Asia again, some of the countries, it's going to be just more that much more exciting. Like, oh, you know, it, don't take it for granted. You know, don't yeah. take things for granted. Yeah. And the, the teams and um, it's keeping the spirits up. You know, that's why I really want to understand like what. How is the future right now that you see in the technology and the power field? You know, what's what's your foresight in the next three to five years? Uh, yeah, really? it, it's more of what I said before. I think that it, the digitization is going to come down the power level. So there, and I think the the, the GAN MOSFETs are going to make that they will. You know, I think the big talk there is you know when they when electric vehicles really take off, GAN price points will come down, and they GAN will come down into into power more and more. I think. So I think we're going to see, you know, smaller, faster, cheaper. I mean, there are other trends which will continue. Um, to be honest, you said, you know, it's old technology, and it is. A lot of our customers are very conservative. So I think a lot of the customers won't embrace the new technology until it's been in the field for some time, just because they want, you know, they're, they're not happy to see 
uh, quality and reliability, you know, theoretically proved. They want some real field data, really. So I think, so I think all the changes in power today, I hope I don't live to regret this, have always been evolution rather than revolution or a big quantum change. Um, and a lot of it you'll be aware of, you know, as the components get better, you know, the power supply can get smaller, more efficient. There's another thing you hit on, which, which is efficiency, which is, which is big news and which is becoming ever more important, I think. So, uh, you know, so people have, have, have gone away from, you know, what they want to get rid of fans in power supplies. I mean, that trend's been going on for some time and that's coming up the power level as well as the components get better. Um, so I think we'll see more and more fanless power supplies and people perceive of the fan. I mean, they're often right. It's the most unreliable part of a power system. You know, if you get rid of a fan, you know, you then you don't need holes in the box to blow the heat out so you can seal the box. Uh, you know, so you're not going to get dust and other stuff coming into your equipment that can interfere it with it. In a medical environment, it's great because you've probably got liquids and you don't want li liquids and electronics. You're no more than I do. It's not a great mix. And also, you know, in, in the patient vicinity, you don't want a fan whirring, you know, on a patient monitor and things like that. So I think it's, you know, evolution of components, smaller, faster, cheaper, efficiency. And then I think that where there will be a quantum leap will be with GAN because I think we will see a huge increase in in efficiency and size when when that when the price points get right yeah i mean i agree i agree with you and um as i said is the technologies but that's interesting um insight too you're saying some some of your customers are a little conservative um especially into some sensitive fields they don't want to use some of the new technology because they don't know the reliability right that's so cool. they, they're using the legacy type of products um but as we know, I mean, even in the medical field, you see how everything has changed, you know, everything is digitalization, everything is touching. As I say, ventilators weren't the only thing that accelerated. Everything in that in that hospital room is digital these days. It's all by a band, RFID, and they, they use they use a device or iPad. It's all digital. Paperwork has been really obsoleted yeah. uh, or obsolete, sorry, um, obsolete. And it's um, and it's moving forward that way. It's 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 really fascinating how the whole process and where we are. And it, but as I said, I, the world didn't end. What we got into, what we've been going to this year, the world hasn't ended. We've pivoted. We are uh, creatures of habit, but we see how there were like chameleons. Yeah. You know, shutdowns happen, things happen. Our business had to go move on. The companies who go into this. Uh, take that initiative, invest a bit, change the mentality and come out, they'll come out just a much stronger and more powerful company. Like, you know, XI, like XP Power in a general, you guys are leaning into it. Like, okay, you know what? This is another challenge, another road path. We're going to get through this and come out even stronger at the other end, um, which we're changing our internally to the externally. And it'll show. At the end of the day, it shows that the internal, because you can't, you can market external, but if the internal doesn't change, it's from inside without. You know, it says inside. As I always tell my team, is like, I can create the best marketing, but if our team culture isn't there, how can we sell that? Right. Yeah. How can I ask you, maybe I can ask you, Rob, I don't turn it around. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of your team sort of working from home, how how did that work? How effective was that? Do you think it it worked okay? It was, it was taken. Uh, let, let, let's go back here. So for our all, all this all started, um, I'll give you a little quick synopsis. All this started late January, right? Late January, our, our customers went to Chinese New Year, everything shut down. I what's the funniest story is I was in India February 5th. I got a my VP of China sent me a letter to open up our office. I mean, this is because China shut down third week of January, February 5th. I was in India visiting some customer in the office in Bangalore. I got a letter. I had to sign it off that we have all the PPE. We have all the sanitary. We all have, I write it off. February 14th, we got audited. February 17th, our office 
China actually opened. It's been open since February 17th, which is pretty unbelievable. And I'm like, and I look back, I'm like, oh my God, we've been open. So China and Hong Kong, Hong Kong wasn't hit as bad as been, is pretty good. Work from home wasn't a big deal. We're fine. That operated. But where we got hit in the work from home that was a little first couple of months was, um, was Malaysia, Indonesia, yeah. India, um, Philippines, yeah. those countries and the U.S. as well. Um, in the U- U.S., um, I think it, they people were more adapting. We thankfully are we have a cloud management system. I thought I had two years ago. Everything's cloud based. Everything's through Microsoft Teams connection. The only thing was getting people hardware. That was a challenge. But of course, um, people have kids at home. How do you do that? So we really had some. What we did was we had some weekly programs that how to manage yourself at home. How to how to, you know, culture, because it's a psyche, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small your, your your residence is, where you are, everybody has their own ways, like to try to go to school, or the kids coming in, or what's going on. So we had, a, as I say, I call it myself, Kumbaya, every week, we, we discussed management call, team calls, I got on the global team calls. Um, and, hey, how can we help you guys? We're working this together. If you have any challenges, issues, don't worry about it. And everybody could reach out to each other. And that's right. one thing that I wrote was, our system is integrated. The whole global staff got to talk to each other, got to send deep other messages, what's going on, sent videos. I started a video program. Hey, everybody, don't put videos on social media, but take a video of yourself. How are you feeling today? Just say something fun that we can all share things and build some more um, excitement, confidence that this is all going to be okay and we're going to go with it. You know, Don't get me wrong. We had some, probably yourself, we had some people take it very hard. You know, some people didn't take it hard. People were very challenged. But in my part, it comes from leadership. Mm. The leadership, my, um, everybody asked me, why am I so positive? Why am I always so positive? Why are things are going, you know, I'm like, well, first of all, there's a lot of things. We take care of ourselves. We understand we are, we're trying to lead. We have to lead by example. That's a big thing. The leader for me is leading by example of what I want to do and lead by example. I can't tell people to do something that I'm not going to do, you know, or get my hands dirty. Lead by example, the health, the wellness, exercise, walk. If you can't go outside your home, do some basic exercising, get up, do some squats. Um, you know, I'm, a, as you say, a fitness guy, too. And one thing I was going to bring that up is I, I found some interesting information about you. You are a martial arts master. Oh, <laughs> Well, I had no idea, you know, myself, I could not find that, you know, so I was putting myself, what I mean, I'm a sports CrossFit, I'm a very athletic type since I was much younger. So that really helped me be a leader. But now onto you is what I've seen. I found your martial, you are, what's it called? Uh, Dushikai? What's it yeah, called? I, I inherited a bit, a bit by accident. I inherited a martial arts club. Yes. Yeah, so the people who founded it I emigrated to France and I took it over. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it's like, was it Shotokan Karate, right? Shotokan Karate. It is, yes. It's a mixture of stuff, yeah, but it's mainly Shotokan karate, yeah. Well, yeah, I, found, I mean, I research, I mean, I find stuff, exciting yeah. stuff, so I can see that you are, I mean, you're a fourth degree black belt? Yes, yeah. Wow. But it's an, it's an, think, think of it as an academic interest, rather. Yeah. Go against the real fighter, but it's... Uh... So, but, you know, that, that has also sculpted your mindset as a leader, you know, the discipline and enthusiasm, and, you know, these are all the things that can bring, to bring the Susan to your team, family to team to show you the discipline that we can get through challenging times and and it's just the repetitions as i said it's repetition is a mother of all skill 
you yeah. have to do repetitions, you know. And uh, but it's it's as I said, I was very fascinating. I found a video of you on YouTube doing oh. your thing. It was it was uh, it was something like, oh my god, this is fantastic. This is this is the epitome of what you know, discipline and leadership is. What we all should do, you know, we all should have something that's external than just the work because that allows us to show our people, you know, that we could do this and and a lot of weights on our shoulders, but we manage it as you said it's um it's just another uh, accolade yeah. of a skill that you have yeah another thing interesting thing you say because i you have got it in a bounds so I, I the other thing i think you have to have as a leader is i think you have to be an eternal optimist however things how about and I, and I and i can see that you've got that in spades just the way you you move and talk so i can imagine that you were steering your organization through this crisis in an extremely positive way it's a yeah, it's fascinating. It's very yeah. fascinating. But what the thing I want to understand is like you went to school for chemistry. How yeah. did you end up in electronics? It's a, it's a complete like all things in life. It's a complete accident. I uh, I did chemistry uh, at college and uh, I at, almost, Oxford, at Oxford. It wasn't just a college. At a very prominent university. And I was I was almost going to be a chemist, but I'd always had an interest in finance, and uh, so I, it was a bit of a flip of a coin, and I ended up doing uh, finance, and then, but completely by accident, as I said, I, uh, I I was in Silicon Valley. I lived in Silicon Valley for four years in the '90s, which was a great experience working for a company called LSI Logic. You may even know them because you're in the company in yeah. finance, and then, uh, and it was purely by chance I got into. I always I found the the, the semiconductor industry fascinating. But, I, you know, I, I joined Dell, um, didn't really enjoy that very much. Then I got this call about this job at L, uh, um, XP to be the, the finance director for the IPO. So uh, so it was a complete accident getting into power, I guess, and a complete accident run, ending up running it as well, I guess. But uh, I think I would guess to say that most people you speak to, their, their career plans weren't really mapped out through into their 40s and 50s. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, some people were on, you know, some people are electronics. You're right. Some people went to school, they went for something biology, but chemistry or some or business in general. And then they got into uh, from a friend or from somebody got into electronics, you know, depends on what area you are. But I, I, I've listened to a talk to a lot of people and some people, their whole career ends up in electronics somehow, like yeah. 20 to 40 years. They end up in this and then they they move around some places. But for you, like for yourself. You've been steadfast. You've grown a business. I mean, it takes leadership and what you've done in XP Power in the last 20 years. It's it's fascinating, you know, from the IPO coming as a finance guy to a CEO and to 20 years of doing many, many acquisitions. So my hat's off to you. You know, you've done a great job. And that's something it is, is you have to understand that there's a lot of trials and tribulations and that longevity of going up and down through the recessions to the restructuring. Yeah. It, it takes a lot. Um, it takes as I said, leadership and, as you said, optimism. Yeah, to see the future. Absolutely. I mean, you touched it on, on it yourself yeah. about coming out of these things stronger because that's when you really do need your optimism. When you think, when everybody thinks the war is going to end as a leader, because if you start thinking that, I think everybody around you will quickly start thinking that as well. And uh, I think it's Nietzsche, wasn't it? What did it was it Nietzsche who said, "What doesn't kill me makes me stronger," or something yes. like that. Uh, yes, yes. So it doesn't kill me, and I think we're living that right now. Exactly, yeah. we're living that right now. Um, it's just the health and the wellness and staying healthy, and uh, with everybody and what's going on in the industry. As I, as I said, I always say, don't try to you know you, you control what you know. As I said, don't try to control things you cannot control. Don't yeah. do not focus on things you cannot control. Control yourself. You can control everything within you within your means. But a lot yeah. of things that people focus in these times of trying to control something that it's out of their control. You can't. Yeah. 
it's out there. Control yourself, be yourself, work on yourself, improve the self-discipline of being a better. As I said, for me, I have the, the mentality, the mantra, the Mamba mentality, the Kobe Bryant, a, mm -hmm. a quest to be the best version of oneself because it yeah. takes great discipline. It takes time to put in and putting the reps in to get those skills. And as well, then you can be the leader and move forward. Um, so it really, you know, changes that. But this has been fantastic, Duncan. I really appreciate it. I love talking to you. I learned some fascinating things. Uh, maybe some days we can meet in person. You can show me yeah. some of those, those moves of yours. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> discipline moves yeah. of yours. Uh, and uh, we go from there. Well, very good. Any last words from your end? Well, only, only thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, as I enjoyed our yeah. discussion a few weeks ago and our previous discussions. And appreciate everything you've done for us at XP. I know that uh, the guys in my supply chain really rate your service uh you know so um thank you for that and uh stay safe i guess yeah stay safe um about there and hopefully one day maybe the next year we can uh again see each other have yeah. another great discussion and uh, as i said build that connection interpersonally so thank you again i appreciate it, duncan i remember for my mantra as i always say is be smart be thoughtful be generous thank All you right. talk thank to you again you. Thanks bye, -bye. yes bye